sing and believe. With us in the wilderness, faithful to Okay, I'm going to read to you this morning from Proverbs 24, verses 3 through 7. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. The wise prevail through great power, and those who have knowledge muster their strength. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Wisdom is too high for fools in the assembly at the gate that they must not open their mouths. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much. You have blessed this church in so many ways. We are so thankful for the many blessings 
for the individuals that you have in this church and uh, so many that are willing to serve. And would you be with the uh, gentlemen that are being uh, given to you, over to you to this morning uh, for service to you and to this uh, church of believers? Uh, would you be with each one of these men and uh, also their family? Be with them, guard their hearts, and uh, protect them from days to come. Amen. Well, good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. I don't know if you noticed, but all the, uh, all the women usually look amazing, but the guys are standing out this morning, dressed nicely. Look at them. So, well, this morning, uh, we are going to come before you and give three different charges to the deacons. And I have the privilege of charging the deacons in, in how to serve their family. We understand from Scripture that part of the role of a deacon is to serve. And I think many times we look at that and we go, the deacon is just, they serve the church. And the church, anytime the doors are open, they serve the church. They change filters. They, they make coffee. They, they, they do all those things. But I think if we, if we miss the family, man, we've missed a huge part of what a deacon is supposed to do. And so this morning, I want us to kind of look at a, a couple of things. And, and deacons, I want to challenge you. There are going to be times where the church is going to ask you to say yes to serving. But I would challenge you, if you haven't said yes to your family, you need to say no to the church. Because if you don't serve your family first, you're not going to be able to serve the church well. And that may come as a, as a surprise. We may look at that and go, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. But if you think about it, it does. God has given you a family to, to lead. God has given you a family to disciple. God has given you a family in order that you may show others, by your example, how to serve and how to serve well. Scripture gives us uh, an incredible passage. It gives us lots of passages, I think, that, that lead us to this direction but I think one of the biggest ways that you can serve your family is by sharing the gospel with them. Deacons, you have to share the gospel. Not, not just within your family, but outside the family, but I think your family is where it starts. And if we don't share the gospel with our family, then we've lost a huge component of what our job is. Not just as men leading our families, but in this role for you as a deacon. I think the tendency is that, that our family comes to know Christ and, and everything's good, right? It is amazing. We celebrate it. Here, we, even, we do the wave all the way across the room when people come to know the Lord. But I don't think that's where it, where it stops. If anything, that's where it begins. So your role in serving your family is discipling them. Your role in serving your family is to give them encouragement when the days look very bleak. Your role as a deacon, as a father, as a husband, is to challenge your family and to serve them well. And the way you do that is by sharing the gospel with them over and over. And by living the gospel out of what that looks like. 
Scripture gives us a great story of understanding what it means to serve. In, in, in John, the 13th chapter, we see Jesus come before his disciples in, in kind of this last supper and, and, or, or supper or dinner, and, and he, he, he takes off his outer robe and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And if you know the customs of the, of the Jews, when they would enter a house, there would be a servant that would wash their feet because they wore sandals. The roads were dusty. They would wash their feet so that they would feel comfortable. Jesus takes on the role of the servant to wash the disciples' feet. I don't know about you, but there's an example there set for me in how to serve and how to give and how to lead. Look at verse 15. You don't have to look. I'll read it. Chapter 13, verse 15, it says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I don't know about you, but I wash my family's feet like daily, you know. That's how I serve them. That's not true. I have a teenager. That ain't happening. I wish I could stand before you honestly and give you example after example after example of how I serve my family. But reality is there are days that I don't serve my family well. And the Lord draws me back and helps me understand passages like this that Jesus lays before us not only how to serve, but serve in humility. Deacons, that's the challenge before you today. How are you going to serve your family? And how will you serve them through humility? So this morning, I want to charge you with a couple of things. I want to charge you to put your family's needs above your own. And just like we talked about a while ago, you being able to say yes to the church means that you have already said yes to your family because you've served them well. And that's the last charge that I have for you. Serve your family well. Lead them. Guide them. Teach them the gospel. Show them the gospel. Be the example that Christ has set before us. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, right after I pray, we are going to have our, our first fruits offering, and then the children are going to be dismissed to Children's Church. And so, little guys, wait till I get done praying, okay? And then you can bring up your offering and head out with Miss Krista to Children's Church. God, we thank you this morning that we get to come before you. And we get to set these men before you as servants. Lord, throughout Scripture, this is what we read. This is, this is how what we understand of the work of a deacon is to serve. And Lord, we know that you have placed us in a great ministry right in our own homes. And so I pray that as they begin to process this of what this looks like, that, that they wouldn't just use today as a starting point to begin serving their family. This is something that should have been going on long before now. But Lord, today would be a marker. It would be something that they could point back to to say that's the day, that's the moment, that's the time that I was placed before you, God, to serve and to serve well. And so would you give them strength? Would you give them understanding? Would you give them wisdom as they serve their families? Father, as we, 
accept this, uh, this offering. Would you bless it as these little guys uh, give from their heart and give knowing that it's going back to advance your kingdom? Lord, would you be honored by the time? We pray all this in your son's most precious name. Amen. Okay, you guys can come forward and then you're dismissed. Stand and sing together once more. Darkness 
guys have a seat. Be reading uh, out of Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which is, it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for every gift, every blessing, every mercy that you give us, Lord. And Lord, today as we ordain these men in, into the ministry, we just, Lord, I pray that you will be with each one of these men, continue to grow them in wisdom, Lord, continue to grow them in maturity. Lord, just ask that you grow them into the men of Christ and their families, in this church, in this community that you want us to be, Lord and that we can go out and spread your gospel. These things we ask in the name of your son. Amen. So my charge is service to the church. And why I say that is because that is, uh, to me, considered an honor to be able to just to speak to the church. For this is a church, and these are the men that we are ordaining. And for every man in this room, this would be considered an honor. But not an honor in which you get a badge, but it's an honor in which you serve. So if you think about it, you're thinking, well, that sounds like a bad gig. Because I, what do I get out of that? What do I get? So I get to serve, you know, put up tables, like, like he says, make coffee. So that's what this is all about, just me getting to serve and do the church. Listen. And I say this with all sincerity, pastors come and go, but the church is the body of believers. These men that we're ordaining today is the symbol, and it's you. It's what this church stands for, and it's who this church is. So when I give a service to the church, I don't just serve, give a, serve, a charge to these men that, hey, serve your church. But I say, church, be the church. No matter if it's hard, no matter if it's easy, the church is what, what it's all about. What makes us different from the postmodern world, from the world that we live in, is that they create your life and my life as if we are individuals. That it's all about us and it's all about our identity and our, uh, us and our, our ideas and whatever we're trying to do. Everything in our life is about us and about our worlds as long as it doesn't interfere with anyone else's. But to live in a community like a church... It's about others. It's about caring for others every single day. Thinking of putting people ahead of your own needs, putting people before that. That's what a charge, that's what a church does. That's what deacons do. Deacons put other people before themselves. Yeah, you might stay up and put up tables. Yeah, you might do this. But listen, it changes the way you look at things. You are not just a person in a seat. 
You are a soul that, will have, that has an eternal weight. That everyone in this room has a soul. And every one of us will stand before the maker and the creator of all things. And that stance that we stand in front of God is the responsibility of the elders and the deacons in this room. That we, stand up, that we stand up and say, we're leading the church the right way. We're doing the right things. As, as a deacon, your job is to stand up for what this church stands for. That it's always worthy of the gospel. The church is, the, is, the Christ, is Christ's bride. The bride of Christ. And we have to protect it, take care of it, and love it the way Christ did. How did he live, love it? He died for it. You're willing to die for your family, which I pray that you all are, especially men in this room. But I also pray that you're willing to die for the gospel that, that Gary was talking about. The gospel of Jesus that all men can be saved through the, through the belief and the faith of Jesus. And that's what we hope and we put our hope into. Because if we put our hope into ourselves, we put our hope into this room, it will always fall short only the hope in Jesus will only thing will set us free. And I pray that everyone in this room, I pray that you see yourself more than just butts in seats. And I hate to just say that butts. My wife would get mad at that. Um, preschool, she would say, don't say that. Um, but I will say this. You're more than that. Every one of you, even if you're a visitor, I'm telling you right now, today you are here to hear the name of Jesus. It might seem like all we do is pray with these men and we're spending all this time. You're going, but I want you to see this, that this is an amazing transfer of saying, hey, we see something in this man's life where they're going to be a part of the church and they're a part of the church forever. Like I said, pastors leave, pastors go. But the church doesn't go anywhere. Anywhere. You're the church. Deacons, you're the church. Elders, you're the church. Members, you're the church. I haven't even started my, my stuff. I want to preach out of, I'm just going to speak and give you a little sermon out of uh, Philippians. And to me, this is a charge that Paul gave. And it's a charge because we know where it is located in the letter to the Philippians. It's, it's located in the first chapter. It's a, uh, verse 27. And it has one key phrase, and I can't let it go. I can't let this go. Even if you're a pastor, like we did the other day when we did ordinations for, for pastors, this, I, I can't forget this. For something in my mind, I, I think about this, and I can't let go of this one scripture, this one phrase, and I want you to hear it when, it, when, it, when I read it to you. It says this, Only let your, your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Your life be worthy of the gospel of of Christ. How can my life be worthy of something so amazing as the gospel of Jesus? That, that God himself would come down in human form and die on a cross for miserable sinners like me. How can my life be worthy of that? I'm going to keep reading. So that whether I come and see you or I am absent, for I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. So he's telling us, stand firm. With one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents, no matter what the world says, no matter what they're going to say, how, how silly this, all this Christian and all this church stuff might seem. 
This is a clear sign to them of the destruction, but of your salvation that is from God. For it, is, for it is, has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you shall not, be, you shall not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. This church needs to only be about the gospel of Jesus. Your life, hey, I don't know, if you, I don't know what you're living your life for. I'm not trying to preach you and get you to draw, draw, draw you in. But I want you to see this. Your life is for the gospel of Jesus. Because when we all stand in front of a holy, perfect God, he's going to say, why should I let you into my kingdom? Because I have faith in Jesus. I have faith in Jesus that he saved me. But to be honest with you, he shouldn't let us in. It is an honor to serve Jesus. It's an honor to be a deacon. It's an honor to be able to live a life worthy of the gospel. So don't just live a life for you, but live a life worthy for the gospel of Christ and the gospel of Jesus. As we serve the church, there's a, there's a George Bernard Shaw, who is an Irish playwright. He wrote this, Power does not corrupt a man. Fools, however, if they get into a position of power, corrupt power. Any person ordained in any position of the church needs the wisdom not to abuse power, but to rather use it as a means of serving God and serving his people. As a deacon, as a deacon has responsibility to the church, the church also has responsibility to each one of these deacons. Your obligation as a church is to pray for them, to encourage them, and to follow them. I don't care which leader there is, even myself, even Pastor Bobby, even Gary, and believe it or not, even pretty hair here, but all, everybody <laughs> struggles from time to time. And we need that encouragement. Hey, you got it. You're doing good. And as deacons, I feel like sometimes we put this pressure on ourselves as we're supposed to have all the answers and our family is supposed to be perfect and everything about our life is supposed to be just all in order. And here's the thing. I find that when we honor someone in church, they hide more in the closet. Don't let anybody know about my problems. If you understand the gospel of Jesus, listen to me, we all have problems. But we're willing to understand that this is a community of believers that we lean on each other and care for one another. And I'm asking you to be the church Deacons, I'm asking to be leaders of this church that you can depend on. But also, listen, you can depend on the church to love on you as well. Let us love you. Church, let them love you. Let them serve you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you today. And God, I pray, God, for these deacons. I pray, Lord, for their souls and their lives. God, I pray, Lord, that you know each and every one of them. But God, I pray, Lord, that their life for you would be worthy of the gospel. I pray, God, that, that you would sanctify them and you would grow them as they would grow closer to you through your word, but also through this community of believers. That, God, that there are souls in this room. This is not mere flesh in this room. There are spirits that will spend eternity either in heaven or hell. And, God, that needs to be the thing that lights us on fire. That, God, that we, we fight for eternal causes, not for things that are temporary. These rocks that we just put up on this, on this stage will fall and burn one day. But God, that our spirit will last forever. And God, I pray, Lord, that can be our charge. That our charge is not looking 
back at the past, maybe at things that we failed at. Maybe not looking back in our lives saying, oh, I'm not, I shouldn't be able to do these things or even be a deacon. Listen, none of us are able to do that, God. But God, I pray, Lord, that we can be able to charge ahead with your goal, with your mind. That, God, we can have the mind of Christ. That we can be transformed from the inside out. Lord, I, Lord, I believe without a doubt that revival starts in the heart of each one of here. God, let us see you for who you really are. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Stand and sing. It's a life giving God. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that. Is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Sing and believe, he gives life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore.
guys have a seat. Well, good morning. If that don't start your fire, your wood's wet. Man, that is an awesome song. Golly, how do you follow that? But I'm going to try. If you, have your, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, because this is church. Turn to Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, we just come before you this morning. Lord, we've, uh, we've got a group that's, that has agreed to serve. And Lord, I just pray that, that serve they do. And I, without a doubt, I know that they will. But Lord, I've heard, I've heard many requests this morning for strength and for courage and for willingness and and all of those many things well lord i'm going to ask you for one special prayer this morning for these men lord i pray th that you would place a hedge of protection around these men their families their wives their children whoever they associate with, all the things, Lord, that they represent, Lord, I pray that you would send down the angels to stand guard around them because nothing excites the devil more than to be able to take down a one of God's saints. And, Lord, we need these men to be strong as has been requested. But, Lord, we need you. Uh, to, to just place that hedge of protection around them right now so that they may not fall against the fiery darts that will, that will, they will come. But Lord, I pray that you would give them the fortitude and the willpower to stand firm in the gospel, stand firm in what they believe. And Lord, just protect them, protect their families, in every way possible so lord today we just give you praise and glory for these men and their families that are going to stand behind them so lord we thank you now for all these things for it's in christ's name that we pray amen thank you rick if you have your bible will you turn to luke the ninth chapter and we'll conclude our charge to these men this morning, I'll just share a few words with them and with you, and then we'll uh, be prepared to lay hands on them and ordain them into the 
deacon ministry. Obviously, if you're uh, visiting with us this morning, or even if you're a member, this is a unique service, and you have seen some unique things. One of the things that you probably didn't sign up for was three sermons, but uh, it was three sermonettes, so you're doing okay, and I appreciate you being patient with us. I also am thankful for the way that Gary and Clint communicate so well what's on my heart for these men, and I know what's on your heart for these men also. As we prepared for this morning, we were talking about the importance of the role of a deacon in our church, and I asked Gary if he would uh, share with you and share with these men about the importance of being a servant to your family. I think it's so important for these men to be servants to their families first and foremost. In fact, I was sitting here listening this morning and I thought, man, this is just incredible because Gary said it's more important that you serve the family than you serve the church. And I thought, do we really want to say that, you know, because we're signing them up to be servants to the church. But the truth is exactly what Gary said. If you're not serving your family, then you're not prepared to serve the church. And then I listened to Clint get up and say, pastors, we're going to come and go. And he didn't say it once. He said it like two or three times. And I thought, is he trying to push me? Am I being exited out here? But the truth is, pastors are going to come and pastors are going to go. But these men are going to be here to serve the kingdom and serve the church. And I'm thankful for what Clint shared with you. This morning, I, I want to take the end of that. I want to talk about how important, obviously, it is to serve the family and how important it is that these men will serve the church, but it's really important, too, that they understand that this is a kingdom service. It's not just about Holly Springs. Uh, it's, it's about how you can be a part of the kingdom and how you can uh, serve the kingdom. You know, when, when you think about it, what we're asking of these men and what these men have shown by the way they live their lives is we're asking them to do something that really nobody wants to do. I mean, I thought about Gary saying a second ago, you know, that he doesn't wash his kids' feet, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't wash your feet either. That's really not something that I want to do, and it's certainly not a tradition of our day. But even here in just a few weeks, we'll ask you to go to an organization that's called the Glory Gang here in town and, and put some shoes on some kids' feet, and to wash their feet. And it's not because their feet are dirty or dusty necessarily, but it's more because we're showing them what it means to be a servant. We're showing them what it means to be Christ-like. And that's always such a joyful time. I, I thought about asking men to become deacons. It's, it's not really what anybody would aspire to be for the most part because we're asking you to be in service we're asking you to serve. Most people don't aspire to be servants. They aspire to be famous. They aspire to be wealthy. They uh, aspire to be, uh, have, you know, all kinds of things that you and I and the world would look at and go, wow, that person's incredible. But nobody really looks at a servant and says, wow, that person's incredible. And yet that's what we're asking you to do. And it's pretty interesting, especially the way that Gary and Clint put it, and I hope you'll hear this from my heart too, is, is being a servant 
is not a, a part-time position. It's, it's not something you do in your spare time. In fact, in Luke, I'll, I'll show it to you in the scripture where Christ is pointing out to us that it's, it's not something that you do as a second thought or it's not something you do if you just have enough time. But rather, being a servant is a full-time position. It's funny, I, I, I like the way that Gary and Clint put it, but, you know, the church sometimes is a spectator sport. You know, everybody comes in and, and they spectate and, and they look around and they see what's going on and, you know, you, you kind of give your opinion, kind of like baseball or football. You, you watch that sport and, and you think, well, you know, I, I can give my opinion as to what I would like to see done here in that situation. And, and you see that all the time in sports. Uh, I just found out the other day that the new assistant SFA basketball coach is moving uh, to the house that's next door to me. And uh, all his moving vans are there. He has moved in those pods, and they've set three pods on his driveway. And uh, I, I think I've told you before, there's a, several old men and women in our neighborhood that get out and walk the block. We don't go to the mall. We just walk our block and show everybody how old we are. And uh, as we're walking, one of the men who was walking with me said, hey, did you hear the new assistant SFA basketball coach is moving in next door? And I said, I did hear that. And he said, I, I met him the other day. And I said, oh, good, what did you say? And he said, well, I told him that we walk almost every evening and we would like for him to start walking with us. And I said, you told him that? And he said, yeah. I told him I'd like to tell him kind of how good he's doing or how bad he's doing in the job. And I went, oh my gosh, he'll never walk with us. He probably won't even talk with us. But that's kind of how church is sometimes. You know, we, we kind of come in and we want to be spectators of the sport. But you and I know that Scripture teaches that we're not called to be spectators. We're called to be servants in the church. We're called to that full-time position. Look at Luke where Jesus talks about the cost of following and being a disciple of Christ. I love this because it's just a few verses after the disciples had asked, hey, who's the greatest disciple? Who do you like the most? Who do you think is doing the best job for you, Jesus? And Jesus talks to him for a few minutes about that and kind of begins to lay it all out on the line for him. And then he comes to this place where he's going to share with them, you want to know who's the greatest? Let me tell you who's the greatest. And this is what he says. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then he said to another man, hey, come follow me. But the man replied, well, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And then Jesus said, well, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And then still another man said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service for the kingdom. What's Jesus telling you and me here? What's he telling these men that are about to go into the deacon ministry? 
This is what he's t telling all of us, but especially he's telling these men who are being set aside this morning. He's saying, look, if you want to follow after Jesus, if you want to be a servant of Christ, you have to be willing to pay the price. Clint says that all the time. Gary says that all the time. Jason says that all the time. You know, it's costly to follow after Christ. I think about sometimes when, when I'm taking my kids with me and, and we're going out to eat and we go to a restaurant and I'll have all my kids now and then, you know, my extended family, my, my daughter-in-law and then now my two grandchildren. And when the bill comes, the bill has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and Riker is eating more and more. And as the bill comes, everybody still looks to me and says, there's the bill. Are you willing to pay the price? And Laura says, I'm willing to pay the price to be with those grandkids. You know what? That's a small token to be with my family. It's to pay the price for a meal that we can sit around and enjoy and I can spend some time with my grandsons. This is what Jesus is saying to us times a thousand. Listen, think about what I did for you on the cross of Calvary. And now the question is, are you willing to pay the price? Jesus was telling the man who asked him, remember all the disciples had said, hey, who's the greatest? And so Jesus, it, only Jesus can when he's walking down the road, is teaching his disciples as they are walking down the road by having people come up to him and he's saying to them and they're saying to him, hey, we're thinking about following you. And he says, well, let me tell you something. Following me is not easy. We don't have places to put our heads. We don't have places to sleep. We don't have anything like that. We just kind of live moment by moment trusting and putting our faith in almighty God. And almost all those men say, oh, that's not for me. And then the disciples begin to kind of understand, well, who's the greatest? Well, the greatest is the one who's going to serve and be willing to pay the price. Second thing that you see here is the availability. He says uh, that another man came up and said, follow me. And the man said, well, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And the Lord said to him, hey, we don't have time to do that kind of stuff. We're, we're all about the kingdom here. Now, scholars and everybody else has looked all over this, and you can look at it too and say, boy, Jesus was being really mean there. That's not Jesus being mean. That's Jesus saying, hey, are you going to be available to me? There's all kinds of times in the scripture where you see that Jesus allows his disciples to go and serve people who are mourning. But what he understands about this man and what you understand, too, about being willing to be a servant of the, uh, of the Lord Almighty is that you've got to put everything else aside and say, I'm available to do whatever you call me to do. I've told you this story before, but I, I want to reiterate it here again, that there was a young college girl who was called to the mission field. And when she was called to the mission field, the last thing before she was going to leave to go to the mission field, and Laura and I were standing there with her when the phone call came in, so I'm not making this up, and it's not secondhand. It's something that I witnessed personally, and Laura witnessed personally. But her mom called her and said, I am begging you not to go. And she was leaving to get on a plane 
to go across the world to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And her mom called her and said, I am begging you not to go. And she turned to her mom and said, Mom, people are dying that don't know Jesus, and I've been called to go, and I'm going. That's what's happening here. That what, that's what it means by being available. The last thing that you kind of see in the scripture here, and you completely understand it, is this understanding that you don't look backwards, but you look forward as a servant of Christ. Let me tell you, every man that will be sitting in these chairs in just a second is an imperfect human being with a past that might shock you. But the great news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is you can leave your past behind and you can move forward to serve the kingdom and to serve God Almighty. This, this word deacon... It's a fascinating word. You'll see it used interchangeably with the word diakonos in the Greek and the word doulos in the Greek. Both of those words basically encompass the understanding that you are not your own anymore. That you are, listen to this, because this is not a popular word at all, and it's politically incorrect to say this, but I'm telling you, what the scripture says about anybody who begins to follow Christ, but especially those who are called into the deacon ministry or to the gospel ministry, is you become a slave to Christ. That's what it means. It means that you've been purchased. When Christ died on the cross for you, you were purchased with a price and you became a slave because you were bought with that price. And this is what we are calling those men to understand in a new way that they have never understood before and that they are willing to march forward in lockstep with is I'm bought with a price and I'm a slave for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I'll make myself available to do whatever I need to do, whether it's make coffee or whether it's go halfway around the world and tell people about Jesus. Listen, there, there's an author that many of you may not have heard of before, but his name is Kenneth Gilbreth, and he lived in the 60s. And when he was uh, writing in the 60s, he'd become pretty well known, and he was running in some pretty high circles. And he had a secretary that was working for him, and he told his secretary, I don't care who calls, I don't want to be bothered for the next two hours. Do you understand that? And she said, yes, I understand. And he said, thank you very much. Just a few moments after he had given those orders, a phone call came in, and it was from President Lyndon Baines Johnson, and he wanted to speak to Kenneth Gilbreth. And the secretary answered the phone and said, may I help you? And he said, Yes, this is the President of the United States, Lyndon Johnson. I need to speak to Kenneth. And she said, I'm sorry. He left uh, strict instructions that he was not to be disturbed. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson said, let me tell you again that I'm the President of the United States, Lyndon Johnson, and I need to speak to Kenneth. And she said, yes, sir, I completely understand that. And she's, he said to her, do you understand it completely? He said, Yes, 
She said, I work for Mr. Gilbreth. I don't work for you. Lyndon Johnson hung up the phone, called back in a couple of hours, and she patched him through to Kenneth Gilbreth. And Kenneth said, Mr. President, how are you? And he said, I'm fine. He said, I want to know something about your secretary. And he said, what do you want to know? And he said, I want to know if she'll come to work at the White House for me. <laughs> you see, that's the kind of understanding of what it means to be a servant, that we're commanded to do things, and sometimes they're not going to be popular, and sometimes they're not always going to be the easy choice, but we remember who our boss is. He's the King of kings, and he's the Lord of lords, and we're honored to serve him. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be able to set these men aside for the kingdom. And God, we ask right now that as we enter a time where we lay hands and we set them aside for the deacon ministry, that you will be the heart changer in their lives and that you will remind them of the great price along with the great joy of serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been talking to these men, and you may not know who they are, may not understand who they are yet, but so let me introduce them to you. I'm going to ask them to come up here and sit up here, and then I'll, I'll give you a few instructions. So, Garrett, will you come up here? Garrett Ammons. And then Octavio, would you come up? So Octavio, Octavio Cortez and Brandon, Brandon Smith. There you are, Brandon. Come on up. Mark, will you come up? Mark Summers. And Josh Tyler, will you make your way up here? And then Ken Van Dyke, will you come up? So Garrett is married to Kristen, and they have two children. Tavio's married to Christina, and they have five children. Brandon's married to Robin. They have three children. I'll introduce you to their wives here in just a moment. Uh, Mark is uh, married to Kathy with two children. Josh is married to Mary, and they have three children. Then Ken is married to Stephanie, and they have two children. And it's very important for me to say they have two grandchildren, too. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask the men who are in our congregation, whether you're ordained and have been ordained either into the ministry or into the deacon ministry, either one, that you would come up and lay hands on these men and encourage them as they are about to begin this journey in their lives. If you are visiting with us and you have been ordained, you are more than welcome to participate in this part of the service with us. This will take about five or ten minutes. I hope that you will be patient with us as our men lay hands. Uh, there will be music playing. My request to you during this time would be that you would pray for each of these men and their families individually as this very important moment takes place in their lives. As soon as that is over, we will conclude the service with just a few short remarks and you'll be dismissed. So thank you for your patience as we do this and as we celebrate what God is doing in their lives. Men who are going to uh, be laying on hands, if you'll come up on this left side and, and make your way behind Ken and come around this way and finish with Tavio and then go down these stairs. Men, let's begin to lay hands.
himself is
thank you so much for being patient with us. I, I know uh, when Clint preaches, he usually goes this long, but uh, not me. So, But this is, as you can tell, a very special day in the life of our church, and I'm thankful for you being patient with us. If you are the wife of one of these men, would you please come stand behind them and, and let us celebrate what's going on in your life? Also, we know for a fact that these men aren't who they are unless their wives are with them in complete support of their ministry, and we're thankful for that and for the fact that all these women support their husbands wonderfully. Uh, where would we be without our wives? I would be wearing a different tie this morning without my <laughs> wife, so we uh, all need our wives. Laura, will you come up here for just a second to and help me? So we have a, a gift we want to present to these men along uh, with a certificate. Will you pass out the gifts and I'll work on the certificates? So, Garrett, here's yours. Tyler, there's yours. Brandon, here's yours. Mark, Josh, and Ken. Stephanie, you almost got those in perfect order. That's crazy how you did that. <laughs> So before we're dismissed this morning, what I want to do is just have a prayer with these men and their wives, and, uh, and I want you to know how thankful we are for them and for what they mean to the kingdom uh, and what they're going to mean to our church here at Holly Springs. Before we have that prayer, let me make you aware of just a couple of things that are very important to you. Uh, it's not a tradition, but we may start this tradition. Every time we ordain deacons, we're going to go to Splash Kingdom and celebrate. <laughs> and so uh, this evening, every one of these deacons is going off the high dive at Splash Kingdom. <laughs> it's a new requirement. But no, seriously, the, we're going to meet there at 630 this evening. We have it reserved for Holly Springs and for anybody that you want to invite. So I hope you will go home this afternoon, call your friends, and just say, hey, the church reserved Splash Kingdom. Please come with us and celebrate with us and just have fun with us. We have it from 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, there'll be a bucket out front. If you want to put a donation in, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, we've, we've already got it. We just want you to be able to come and celebrate with us. And so that's this evening at 6.30. Next Sunday, we'll celebrate just a real short version of this, but we'll celebrate Clint graduating from seminary next Sunday. Uh, he graduates on Friday, so we'll celebrate that on Sunday. And then the following Sunday is when we'll rededicate the building uh, for the kingdom. And we're so excited about that. Let me tell you that out front in the foyer, there are invitations to that service on Sunday morning. I would love for you to take those invitations and, and make sure that they get into the hands of people who maybe used to be members here and have moved away or, or maybe uh, had some part in helping Holly Springs to be what it is today. So if you know of any of those people, I would love for you to take an invitation and make sure it gets into their hands. We're trying to make sure that everybody gets an invitation and knows that they're more than welcome to be here with us on that Sunday, August the 15th. Right after that, the 22nd, our college students will be here for the very first Sunday. So it, it is nonstop going from here on out. And I know you know all that very well. So I've got them kind of separated out here because we're getting some pictures made with these men and their wives. And then after the service, 
uh, Leslie Johnstone wants to take pictures of you individually with you and your husband uh, so we can have those also. I think that's all. Um, thank you for coming up and helping me. We're going to pray for these men and be dismissed this morning for the service. Thank you again so much for your love to Holly Springs, your love for these men and their families, and your uh, patience with us as we have celebrated a wonderful day in the life of our church. Thanks for being here. I'll see you this evening at, at uh, Splash Kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for these men and their families and what they mean to the kingdom. Uh, God, we are thankful that you have called them to be set aside, to be servants of yours. And God, we celebrate that. And God, now as we are dismissed from this place, we ask that you would all remind us of the great price you paid for our freedom. God, as we love this church and we love this community, we love your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us on the cross. And now, Father, as always, my prayer would be for all these sweet people that they would go in the peace and the love and the grace and the mercy that only Jesus Christ can give. And that's our prayer in his name. Amen. Thanks so much. You're dismissed.